Dreger and Hez march up the concrete stairwell of Dreger's apartment building. Each new twist brings an eyesore of felt-tipped graffiti, empty beer cans, and uncleaned stains on the gray, concrete walls. Oh. Well, this doesn't get... You'd think this would get easier every time we did this. Never gets easier. Never gets easy. Oh, I'm starting to wonder if 35,000 Nuyen is worth all these stairs. No, you know, well, two, two, the last two or three floors are always the... It's a, it's a push. It's a push. It's a bummer, I gotta tell you. Oh, God. All right. Watch out there. There are a few gangers around here. Well, I say that generously about these guys. They, they live here, and they think they run the place, but uh, they know to walk around me whenever they see me. But if they see you, just, you know, nod your head at them if, they, if you with me, and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll stay away. They're not a problem, in other words. <laughs> I've never had a problem with intimidation. I can, I can imagine, yeah. <clears throat> All right, here we go. So, chips, chips, uh, ah, yeah. There's a, there's not much room here left for you. I'm not the first woman you've brought home, am I? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, apart from Kurt, so. <laughs> I made it awkward. Well, yeah, welcome home, <laughs> kind of. So yeah, it's a small place, but it's home. I just need a place to sleep that's not outside. All right, well, let's get down to work, I suppose. I crack open another crate and examine the chips. I see a row of smaller boxes inside. I pick one up, open it. There's a bunch of small purple chips inside. Oh, I've seen these before. Yeah, I think these are dream... dream chips? There's a whole lot. I set the box down. I pick up another box inside the crate. Open it. Same thing. We got a lot of dream chips here. Yes. Well, it seems that each box has one type of chip in it, so we could begin by putting aside into piles each type of chip. At least organizing them that way. Yep. Got an inventory, all right. Then we'll look and see if we can find what each chip does, appraise it, and count them all. And then we should have a rough estimate of what we've got here. Have you done this before? It sounds like you've done this before. <laughs> no, it's more the scientific mind. Hmm, okay. I take the dream chips out and stack them into a corner. Jet, hey. Hey, I, uh finished with my thing. Where are you guys at? Where are mine? Come on over. We're counting drugs. Excellent. Be there soon. I walk over and open the door. Hey. Traeger, those stairs are no joke. And I'm in shape. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good workout for the thighs every time. Come on in. Yeah, I... Mm. Mm, uh, you can find a seat maybe over there. Around, yeah. Not, no, not there. That's, 
that's chips. You want it, yeah, right there. I move over to create some space for Jet. I sit down. You guys have done some work. What are we looking at? Yeah, Hez, what are we looking at? It looks like we've got about 600 dream chips, 300 mood chips, and 50 trip chips. This could all be valued at 32,000 new yen. Yeah, guys, I mean, to the right buyer, this could be one hell of a party. We should see what we can get for it. All right, so we would bring one of each type, one dream chip, one mood chip, one trip chip? I think that's the smart move. Don't bring them all. Anything could happen. Yeah, right. Need a sample. And what about the drone? I think we should keep one. Ah, thank you. Yes. Jet, I uh, totally agree. (laughs) Yes. We've also got the stuff that we collected from the docks. I myself, I have a gun and a knife and something that I think is a drug. We can sell those too to Rico. Yeah, every little bit helps. We won't have a vehicle for this meeting with Rico, so I think that most of these things will have to be left here and we'll just ask him how much he can offer us for it. I'm not necessarily the best at talking about these deals. Are either of you? Yeah, I can help with that. I've been talking to these fools all my life. Yeah, she's, uh, she's definitely going to be better than me. Dreger, you're no slouch yourself. I expect your help. All right, I'll, I'll back you up if you need it, but I don't think you will. We'll see. All right, so we'll tell him what we've got, work out a price, and meet with him later to actually drop off the goods and get the new yen. On top of all this other new yen we're getting, I have more good news. Jungo's going to help me out. He's been trying to teach me magic for... I don't know, since I was six? I've been pretty resistant to it, but... Yeah, after this last fight... I think it's time. That's great news. I'd love to see you build more confidence in that skill. Yeah, you totally saved us. I don't know how many times because of that. So... Thank you. I pat Chitangeline on the back. Who is this Jungo? I ran away from an orphanage when I was six. They tried to... take me somewhere. And it didn't feel right, so I escaped out of the back of a van. And I ran and ran until I ended up in his shop, and he was very kind to me. At the time, I didn't trust him at all. But, you know, you see someone over and over, and they and they continuously give you support. He's a good guy. They put you in the back of a van? What kind of orphanage is that? I think of my own children and how I brought them in. I think kindly of Jungo. I'm glad that he is someone important in Jatangeline's life. I was dropped off at the orphanage when I was a baby. I don't even know my real identity except my name. There was just a note that said I was special and that they should keep me safe. But I heard these voices in my head the whole time I was there. And they thought I was crazy, so they tried to take me away. I don't know where they were taking me, but I wasn't about to stick around and find out. So that's the whole story. I escaped, made my way to Jungo, and he's been trying to teach me magic ever since. Do you remember anything about these people? What they may have been wearing? What the van looked like? I mean, they look like hospital orderlies. I was at Edgewood, that orphanage over by the sunset. I've seen it. It's a bad place, especially now. Have you ever gone back there? Drek, no. I've been under my bridge ever since. It's been robbed a couple of times, but I think it's safe now. 
as safe as it can be. Something tells me we should probably pay them a visit sometime. Or at least, perhaps, there's a way to look into their records. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Although I have to be honest, I'd be just as happy to leave it as far behind me as possible. I wonder how anybody could throw children in the back of a van like that. I mean, you ran for a reason, right? Yeah. Well, I respect your decision, Jet, but if you ever do want to know any more, perhaps I could help you. What about you guys? I don't know anything about you, still. And we've been through so much. It seems like you might have some sad stories, too. Well, you didn't have your parents, your folks. I didn't, uh, I didn't have a mom and a dad who was, uh, not the kindest in the world. Um, we'll just leave it at that for now. What about you, Hez? I think back to the events in Germany. It's still so painful to recall. I feel for Jet and I feel for Draeger. We're all from such similar painful backgrounds. I was an outsider as well. My parents weren't around either. I originally grew up in Germany. I was a teacher there, a teacher of children, and I saw some very difficult things and I had to leave. So I came here. It's not easy for my kind to find work here and definitely not as a teacher. There's not very large troll settlements here, so I fell to shadow running and I mean, that is when we met. Well, if you ever need somebody to vouch for you as a teacher, I'm all for it. Thank you, Jutangeline. Hopefully someday, my kind can be accepted enough to teach again. Well, I have to be honest, feeling a bit claustrophobic in here, so if you guys don't mind, I'm gonna head back to my bridge, get some sleep. All right. I'll see you tomorrow at uh, the meet with Rico, right? Yeah, I'll be there. All right, later, Jen. I get up. I should probably be off too. All right, Hez. Thanks for your help in uh, the counting of everything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just thank you. Couldn't have done it without you. And I'll see you tomorrow. Well, we're in this together now. And I like it that way. I lean over to hug Draeger and then hug Jet and then make my way to the door. You're a softy troll. Only on the inside. Sleep well, you too. I head out the door and walk down the stairs. So many stairs. Hez and Luskinyan are asleep in their bed. Luskinyan turns to her side, awakening Hez. I open my eyes and look around my room. Various electronic devices cast faint, multicolored light on the walls and furniture. Besides that, the room is cold and dark, as always. I look at Luz sleeping and try not to wake her as I get out of the bed. Hez. Yes, my liebster. I got a little too upset when I came home and found out that Jaybird had been injured while you were out. 
I know you were forced into that position for the job, and you're out there securing funds so we can eat. I'm sorry I got mad. I, I realized you weren't in a great position either. So I just wanted to apologize for flipping out like that. Luz, I, I know you, and I know that wasn't necessarily what you wanted to do. This is a new, stressful situation for us both and the children. It will take some getting used to, some calibrating. So... Yeah, <laughs> I've had to work some longer shifts, and I guess I was grumpy that evening, and that kind of pushed things over the top. I didn't mean to take it out on you. That's all right. We'll find a way to make this as easy as possible for both of us, and I think that I could be more vocal with you as well. You didn't know exactly what was going on, and I could have reached out to you. Yeah, we'll continue to work on this. Mm. Come here. I walk to Luce's side of the bed. I bend down, and I kiss her. For a moment, I bask in the warmth of the love we share, knowing that I will need it to get through the tough times ahead. Speaking of which, do you have any plans today? I'm going to go see if I can't obtain some training from the local police agency. What kind of training? I'd like to ensure that I do not get caught off guard. I want to be more able to see things coming. So I think that their course might be the best to train me in that aspect. Like detective training? So you can get gut hunches and look for the unexpected. Like that. But a bit more action, sort of on the field style. It is called the Mercury Tactile Defense Course. I figured I'd be back by the time you have to go to work so that I can take the children out, perhaps to play on some structures or run through the streets a bit. I'd like to also get a bit more agile. Okay. I think it could be fun for them as well. Alright, so I'll watch the kids today, and you'll watch them this evening? Yes. Okay. Go ahead and go back to sleep. I'll make breakfast and then I'll wake you when I'm ready to leave. Mm, thank you, Hez. Luskanyan nods, smiles, then disappears beneath the blankets. Hez keeps a faint smile on her lips as she walks to a lantern in the kitchen, hoping they have fresh ingredients in the cold box to make a special breakfast. Dreger awakens, his sleep disturbed by the loud music booming next door. He rubs his eyes and turns to grab his comlink from a bedside table. The screen lights his face up in the darkness as he reads the time. It's 7 a.m. I can never get enough sleep in this place. I sit up in bed, and my mind goes back to the last night I was in with the gang, and the team got me out of there. I couldn't even shoot that guy at point-blank range. He was that close, and I couldn't hit him with an automatic. What the drug is that? I gotta find some way to shoot straight. I shot a hole in a boat I was standing on. I can't let that happen again. Drager kicks his legs free from his thin blanket and puts his feet on the cold, concrete floor. Comlink still in hand, he begins searching for tactical weapons courses. It doesn't take long before he finds something suitable. Mercury Tactile Defense. He's impressed by the amount of different courses they offer, from automatics training, pistol combat, long-range pistol training, target discernment. The list goes on and on. He stops scrolling the list when he sees what he's looking for. All right. God. Huh. Focus on mobility with pistols and automatic weapons. I need that. I sign up for the next two-week course in Mercury Tactile Defense. Sign up is remarkably easy. Upon reading the details, he sees that registration is ending within the hour. 
and that there's an orientation meeting later today. He decides to get moving. Upon standing, his knife wounds flare up. Drager pauses as he winces his face, then slowly shuffles to the soy calf machine. And for all of... For all the times I came close to death in these gunfights, I gotta find a better way to heal up and quicker. Medical procedures, surgery. What happens if I look that up? Is that even possible? I go on my comlink and do a search for surgery. Instruction. Drager leans on the counter as he searches, still in the dark. To his surprise, he finds virtual surgery training online. There are different modules available for purchase, with everything ranging from sprained ankles and gunshot wounds all the way to dismemberment. He sees that a VR headset is required. I look for the closest VR cafe to where I am. He finds one only a few blocks from where he lives. He reaches for the pot of fresh soy calf and drinks directly from it. He then double checks the registration time for the gun course. It's in less than an hour. Now I gotta get down there. Like, right, right now. I punch up a cab in my calm like, I need to get to Mercury as soon as I can. Jet briskly walks on the sidewalk towards Jungo's shop. The morning fog is beginning to retreat to the sky above, seeming to cling to the sides of the massive buildings behind her. As she approaches his shop, she feels like this could be a turning point for her and her relationship to magic. I don't know what to anticipate from these lessons Jungo has offered. I just know it's time to get this handled. Some of these spells could mean the difference between life and death, and I can't just leave it up to chance and instinct anymore. Now that I know how powerful these spells can be, I have to know what I'm doing, or I could end up hurting everyone around me. I get to Jungo's store, and I see that I'm a little bit early. I try to peer inside. The store is dark, further enhancing its mystery. She tries to look deeper. Some items seem to have an otherworldly glow. She wonders how things like that would work with whatever it is she does. Jess! Oh. Jungo, you surprise me, Omi. <laughs> Have you come here for the training? Or are you just looking to buy something? I'm here for the training. Excellent. Please, step inside. Jungo unlocks the door and opens it for Jet. I walk in, overwhelmed by a familiar smell. Jungo enters behind Jet and locks the door. He then walks to the front of the store, never turning on the lights, and never flipping the open sign in the window. Follow me to the back, Jet. They walk behind a velvet doorway curtain into a storage room. There are even more odd-looking items on shelves, some with a coating of dust. He walks to a table and sits, gesturing to another nearby chair. Please, sit. I sit down. I noticed yesterday you're acting a little differently than normal. A bit more, eh, chipper and happy. May I ask if anything has changed recently in your life? Well, first of all, I'd appreciate if you never called me Chipper again. <laughs> but yeah, I think that for the first time in my life I've made some friends. And we've gotten into some, um, situations. And I'd be lying if I didn't say the magic stuff that you helped me with years ago. It helped. It got us out of some difficult spots. Good. We only got to do some basic stuff before you decided you'd had enough, but I'm glad those fundamentals helped. So what what are you trying to do, specifically? Or what did you do? You know, it's a bit strange, but I don't even know. I heard a voice calling out to me in the same way that I used to when I was very young, before those people tried to take me away and I showed up at your shop. 
<sighs> you probably don't even know about that. I remember you were in a bit of a panic state that first time you came in years ago. But you never told me why. You never told me what you were running from. What were you running from? Jet glances to the side and shrinks a bit in her chair. Jet, I need to know more about you. And you need to go through the process of telling me these things. This magical training is going to require a high degree of trust. And I know trust hasn't come easily for you throughout your life. But when it comes to magic... The more you hide and hold back, the more you limit yourself. Especially as a shaman. It relies heavily on your internal dialogue and feelings. It alters how well you can control and cast the magic coming forth. So this training could become personal to you. And the more open you can be with me, the faster the training will go. Not exactly the simplest thing in the world for me, but I hear you. Jet straightens back up in her chair, takes a breath, and looks at the table as she recalls her past. Well, when I was a baby, apparently someone dropped me off at the Edgewood Orphanage across town in the sunset. It seemed a decent enough place to grow up. There was never really quite enough food or quite enough space. You know, it was fine. Around the time I learned how to talk or started speaking, I guess, I started hearing these strange voices, weird, one-sided conversations. Oh, and any time I responded to them, people would look at me like I was some kind of nut or something, so I tried to keep that to a minimum. But one day, someone must have noticed something. The guardians at the Edgewood Orphanage tried to put me in some home for mentally ill people for a, quote, temporary stay. But it's clear that wasn't their real intention. They put me in the back of this van and they tied my hands up. And they made me wear this really weird white gown. I knew it wasn't good. When we were stopped at a stoplight, they were arguing about something, and I tried to escape out the back. They came after me, but I was able to get my hands loose, and I ran and ran until my feet hurt, and I came across your shop, and I walked in. I was drawn to something on the shelf, and my intention was to steal from you, Jungo. I, I think you knew that, but you were very kind to me. And although I didn't feel comfortable staying with you long term, I think that first night when you let me stay in this room, it meant a lot. It's the reason I can have friends now, so I'm sorry I was difficult. It's just, it's been a tough road. That's all right, Jet. You're doing good. Please, continue. Jet realizes she has been clenching her fists. She relaxes them, then looks at the velvet curtain on the door. This place felt comfortable. I was in a state of shock. I'd been running for so long and I felt like maybe I could get some stillness. I entered the shop and walked to the corner and closed my eyes for what I thought would be a moment, but I eventually fell asleep because when I woke up, the sun was rising. It was very early, but you were still in the store and you offered me a plate of hot food and talked to me. I don't think I've tasted anything as good as the plate of food you offered me that morning. Jungo reaches out and gently places his large hand on Jet's shoulder. She looks at him and, after a moment of reluctance, places her hand on top of his and allows herself a quivering smile. Her smile strains under the weight of the tears filling her eyes. They sit in silence for a moment as an old, nearly forgotten bond finds renewed life. Come back tomorrow, Jet. 
Same time, same place. I think I can help you. Okay. Thanks, Jungo. Gregor! What? Oh, oh. Hez, what are you doing here? Gregor turns to face Hez. He is standing outside of a modular building with a giant sign that reads, Registration above the door. There are about 50 other applicants standing nearby, some forming groups, while others try desperately to find reception for their comlinks. Behind the building are a series of short plastic walls, separating areas with varying obstacles ranging from tractor tires, freeway barriers, hay, and bottles hanging by strings. There are other buildings within the walls, pockmarked with bullet holes and scorch patches indicating laser fire. The Mercury Tactile Defense Campus is on the outskirts of town, allowing for more room and, ostensibly, live fire exercises. I've come to take one of the courses at the Mercury Building. (laughs) Which one? The Field Operations Target Discernment Course. Well, well. I'm here to to work on the tactile defense version of it. (laughs) Wunderbar. Does this mean, are we... Are we taking the same course or not? We are cohorts today. A serious-looking man in an immaculate slate-gray uniform emerges from the registration building. He raises a bullhorn to his mouth. All right, listen up. I expect basic firearm competency from everyone. This first day, you're going to be doing some VR training to demonstrate basic competency. Those who pass will be allowed to take the course. Those who don't will get an immediate refund, or you can sign up for our basic gun safety course if you fail. Now, line up over here to register. Those who have already registered online, follow me to the VR classroom. That is all. All right. Guns up, has guns up. Let's go do this. Guns up, Trigger. Game Mastering and Narration by Paul Greenleaf. Drager is played by Marcus Freeman. Jatangeline is played by Mackenzie Paulus. Hez is played by Torvald Tempestus. Additional voices by Tony Campbell, Torvald Tempestus, and John Polehammer. Editing and arrangement by Paul Greenleaf, Sarah Mullins, and Marcus Freeman. For more story, character details, production notes, and how to support Sonic Realms, please visit sonicrealms.net. To learn more about the world of Shadowrun, visit shadowrun.com and shadowruntabletop.com. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to Sonic Realms to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Sonic Realms in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in the podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of the Sonic Realms podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported and share-like license. If you use any part of the show, please credit Sonic Realms. And hey... Thanks for listening. I'm not dead. What? I'm not dead. There. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. I'm getting better.